0: Y'all give the Lord a hand clap of praise this morning. It's great to be able to get together and worship Him. And this morning we want to talk about how to overcome worry. But before we dive right into the message, I want to give you two images to take a look at this morning. The very first image we'll throw up on the screen here is actually an image of a cat. You see that cat taking it out? That cat is chilling. No cares in the world. No anxiety. Total peace is happening in that life's cat or the life of that cat. Anybody got a cat like that? Maybe you slip your hand up. God bless you. All right, let me get you to take a look at this second image, not a cat, this is a chihuahua. All right, now, if you see the chihuahua, it is complete worry in his eyes. Do y'all see that very closely? He is overwhelmed with anxiety, and if you've ever been around a chihuahua for any length of time, you know if you just move, that thing is scared to death. Y'all know what I'm talking about? They are extremely worrisome. Now, you see these two images side by side this morning, and I want to ask you the question. Which one of these images best describes your life right now? Are you more like a cat? No care in the world. No anxiety. Total peace. Or would you be more like the chihuahua? You've got all kinds of worries. All kinds of anxieties in your life. Now, in order for you to vote this morning, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand or stand up. But I am going to ask you to do something. If you feel like the cat this morning, can I just get a meow from the crowd out here? I don't believe you. All right, so here's... A, Number two, if you feel like the chihuahua, you say, you know what, Levi, i got all kinds of worries in my life. Would you just give me a quick little bark real fast? Yeah, I didn't know if y'all would participate or not. God bless you for being here. But you know, the reality is we live in a culture that is bent towards being filled with worry and anxiety. In fact, there are many surveys out there, and most of them say that the top three things that you and I are prone to worry about are our finances, our jobs, and our families. Now if you just think a moment about your job. Some people may be here today and you're worried, sick about your job. Maybe you're concerned that the business won't make it. Maybe you actually think you're in a dead-end job. And you're like, is this really all there is to life? And you're concerned that maybe you've gone down the wrong path. And then you may be here today and you're just concerned. To Maybe you're concerned you're not going to have a job in the future, that you might lose that job. But you have that worry and that anxiety in your life. You may be here today and you worry about finances. So you could very well be a person who's concerned about whether or not you're going to make enough money this month just to cover the rent or the mortgage. Or maybe you're concerned about whether or not you've saved enough or are saving enough for your kids to go to college one day. And then you may be even concerned today with an entirely different worry about your finances. Maybe you're concerned that... You're not so sure if you saved enough for retirement. You're afraid that your life might actually outlive your money. And so you've got that worry going on. And some people are worried about their families this morning. Matter of fact, I was listening to the fish radio station this past week, and there was a dad who was sharing about how he was extremely worried now because for the first time, his teenage daughter was starting to date. And so he was concerned about that and I remember thinking to myself, no problem there, my kids ain't dating. Can I get a witness on that one? It's like, there's no worry there. But he was concerned with that and then you may be here today and you may be like some other families that I've spoken with over the past couple of weeks who are extremely worried about their parents who are getting older in age and they're concerned about their health. They're concerned about their situation in life. And so maybe you lay awake at night and you're just extremely concerned, anxious, and worried over these kinds of things in life. Well, whenever we think about worry this morning, I need you to know and listen closely, you can either be controlled by worry or by the grace of God, you can control worry in your life. So you can either be controlled by it or by God's grace, you can actually control it. Now, whenever we talk about worry, we've gotta kind of ask the question, what is worry? It was Norman Vincent Peale, who actually noted concerning worry that that word was taken from an old Anglo-Saxon word that also was used to describe suffocating and choking. If you think about worry, isn't that true? That's kind of how you feel when you are filled with worry. You feel like you're drowning. You feel like you're suffocating. You feel like you're choking. But as we look at the New Testament as well as the Old, what we learn is that so uh, this idea of worrying really is the idea of being distracted. It's the idea of being pulled apart. That's what worry does. It pulls us apart. It divides our mind. It's the exact opposite of peace. So, so where worry pulls us apart, peace actually brings us together in harmony with the Lord. Now this morning, we're going to talk about how to overcome worry. And what I want to do really is just give you a verse right here on the onset That we'll all quote together. So let's stand to our feet. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 12 and verse 25. And uh, let's say this together on the count of three, all right? One, two, three. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down. Let's do that one more time. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down. And isn't that true? When you have anxiety and worry, isn't it heavy on your life? Man, we're going to talk about how to overcome it this morning. Let's pray. Father, we give ourselves to you today. Pray in the name of Jesus that we would welcome your word into our life, that your word would echo from our life, and that you would use us for your kingdom purposes. God, those who are disciples in this room today are missionaries who have been sent on a mission to make disciples. But God, whenever we are worrisome, whenever we are filled with anxiety, we totally miss the opportunity to shine brightest for you. So I pray in the name of Jesus this morning that you would grant grace to all of us that we might overcome this worry. And for those who have not yet placed their trust in you, God, call them to salvation today. Call them to yourself that they might have a relationship with you. And we'll give you glory for it. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray. And everybody said... Amen. So you go ahead and be seated. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down. You could have come to church this morning with great anxiety and worry. Did you know there are some implications to that? If you live a worrisome life, did you know there are some physical limitations and implications? In fact, studies indicate that worry can lead to all kinds of things like sleep disturbances, back, shoulder, and neck pain, migraine headaches, asthma, chest pains, fatigue and then I like this one uh, studies indicate that anxiety and worry can actually lead to hair loss anybody in the room came to the right place today got a little rogue. stay focused third service stay focused right so there are physical implications but also There are emotional implications. As I was studying this, I found out that if you are filled with worry and anxiety, that can lead you to nervousness, depression, trouble thinking clearly, irritability, feelings out of control, and so much more. And then think about how worry and anxiety actually affect you relationally. A person filled with worry can experience increased arguments at home and at work isolation from social activities conflict with others road rage and so much more you see worry is very devastating to your life as well as mine and we not only see the physical emotional relational implications but also we would need to note the spiritual implications you know Jesus Christ preached the greatest sermon ever in the Gospels it's known to you and I as the Sermon on the Mount and Jesus in his Sermon on the Mount gave great uh, attention to this concept of overcoming anxiety in fact three times Jesus says to you and I in the sermon do not worry do not worry do not worry so with that in mind I want you to kind of listen to this sermon this morning It's found in Matthew chapter 6 and I'm gonna read verse 25 and following but I want you to listen to it as if you were sitting on the side of the mountain you're maybe propped up on a rock You've got your elbow over on a rock, your hand on your head, and you're kind of looking up to Jesus and listening to him preach this message for the first time. Listen to the words of Jesus. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, that they do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by being worried, can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about your clothing? Observe the lilies of the field. They don't toil. They don't spin. Yet I say to you, not even Solomon in all of his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow, is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. Do not worry then, say, what are we going to eat or what are we going to drink or what are we going to wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all of these things, but your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things so you seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all of these things will be added to you do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will care for itself each day has enough trouble of its own Jesus standing preaching this message three times says to you and I do not worry now whenever we walk this life filled with anxiety and worry It actually reveals a very ugly truth about us. Are y'all ready for the ugly truth? It's actually going to be in your listening guide this morning. Whenever you are filled with worry, you are revealing a lack of confidence in the Lord. A lack of confidence in the Lord. If you are living an anxiety-filled life, it is evidence that you are not fully trusting in God to take care of you. Now think about what Jesus said. He really gives a logical argument here, doesn't he? He says, look, God the Father takes care of the birds. The birds aren't fretting. They aren't filled with anxiety. They're not filled with worry. But God takes care of them. And then he makes this logical deduction. He says if God cares for the birds, but he cares more for you because he values you more, then you can bank on it. He's going to take care of your needs. If he cares for the birds, but you are more valuable, he's going to care for you. Now what you to think about this, alright, let's pretend that my family has a pet. We don't, praise the Lord, but let's pretend we did, y'all with me? Let's just pretend we had that chihuahua. And so in the morning, whenever we wake up, let's pretend I walk down and I get a bowl and I fill up that bowl with chihuahua food. And then I go over and I fill up the other bowl with chihuahua water. And I stick it in front of the chihuahua and he eats and he drinks and he has an awesome day. Every single day, you can kind of see it, can't you? Every morning, get up, give him some water, give him something to eat. Now, in our house, we got four children. Can I say to you that we value our children much more than the chihuahua that doesn't exist? Can I say to you, though, if our children see us taking care of a chihuahua, but they know we value them more, then they should be able to walk without any worry that we're also going to take care of them. It's all in your Perspective. And Jesus is saying the reason that you're so filled with worry, check this out, is because you have a wrong, improper perspective on your heavenly Father. You have this idea that God doesn't care about your needs or that God will not provide for you. And whenever you take your attention away from God who is your Father and you begin to try to fix things yourself, control things yourself, that's the time you are filled with anxiety and with worry. And it gives evidence that you're not fully trusting in the Lord. And think about this. Jesus says, look, look at the lilies of the field. Your heavenly Father closed them. And they're here today and they're gone tomorrow. But you are so much more valuable than those lilies. And if God takes care of them, you should know he's also going to take care of you. And then he gives those four words in verse 30 that strike right to the heart of the matter. He says, you... Of little faith. You of little faith. Now, I want you to listen, all right? If you and I have little faith in God the Father, we will have big worries in this life. But if we have big faith, In God the Father if we really do trust him if we really do believe he is our father who has adopted us into his family by his son Jesus if we believe that he will provide for us he's Jehovah Jireh if we believe that he will protect us He is the Lord of the angel armies if we have all of this confidence in who he is Then that will result in living a life that is not filled with worry, but one that is filled with peace Listen, God values you. Man, that leapt out at me when I was studying this past week. Your heavenly Father, He values you. But listen closely. When we are consumed with worry in this life, it is essentially because we lack a conviction in God the Father's genuine desire to care for us. But He is our Father. He does value us. He unconditionally loves us. He wants us to trust Him completely with every aspect of our lives. And listen, whenever anxiety begins to tempt you or worry begins to knock on the door of your mind, it's not a sin to be tempted. But if you welcome that worry in and you allow it to begin running the treadmill of your mind, that is when you are in sin. But God doesn't want that for your life. He doesn't want it for my life. He wants us to be free from that, and the only way we become free of that is getting a proper perspective on who God is. He values you. He cares for you. He takes care of you. Paul viewed it this way. Listen to what Paul said, and I love it. He said in Romans eight thirty two, God, let's check this out, who did not spare his own son. But delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? So listen, God not only values you more than birds and more than the lilies of the field, but God so values you that he gave his son Jesus Christ for you. And if he gave you the greatest gift in heaven, which was his son, you can rest assured he's going to take care of your lesser needs. There is this faith-building exercise. When worry comes, when anxiety comes, and it's knocking on the door of our life, that is the time that we can either trust the Lord or invite the worry in. And when we invite the worry in, it begins to control us. That's when we experience physical implications, emotional, relational, and obviously spiritual as well. Now, whenever we're talking about overcoming worry, what I want to do this morning is give you two action steps that you can take. I take these. They are a tremendous help for me personally. I think the Lord uh, has helped me in Proverbs uh, chapter 12 and Matthew chapter 6. But the action steps I want to share with you this morning are actually from Philippians chapter 4. Listen to what we can do to overcome worry. As soon as it comes, here's the first step that you should take. Can I say it? It's real simple. Y'all listen and say yes. When it knocks, tell it to Jesus. That's the first step. Tell it to Jesus. Listen to what Paul says in Philippians 4 and verse 6. He says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Now notice this, all right? it's a huge verse. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. In other words, bring everything to the Lord in prayer. Every single thing. Some people say, well I don't want to bring all of my issues to the Lord. You know, I've got small cares. I've got these little concerns. You know, I don't want to bother the Lord with these little things going on in my life. These little worries. Hey, look at me eyeball to eyeball. Can I just remind you, every worry you have is little to God. You think you've got a big worry, and God's like, no, that's tiny. Nothing to it. So anything that you bring to God, everything that you bring to Him, you bring to Him in prayer. That is, you offer it up to the Lord. Tell Jesus about the situation that is going on in your life. That's what Peter did. Matter of fact, Peter writes in 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. He says, cast all of your anxieties upon the Lord because He cares for you. Cast all of your anxieties upon the Lord because He cares for you. Now look at me, that word cast, which Peter chose to use in the Greek New Testament, was also a word used to describe the act of taking a blanket and throwing it on a donkey's back. Think about that, right? Cast that blanket on the donkey. That's the image. And so as I was studying this, I began to think, you know what, worry really is, it's like a blanket in our life that weighs us down. And what Peter is telling you how to do is take that blanket and throw it on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now think about that for a moment. That means you will pick the blanket up, maybe in prayer, and this will help you if you'll visualize this as you're praying. But you just pray. You say, Lord, here is the color of this worry. Here's what's going on in my life. And then you begin to share. And you say, Lord, this is how this worry is trying to interweave into my circumstances, into my life, and to overrun me. And right now this morning, what I want to do is just take this blanket, and I want to throw it upon you. Because I know that you care for me. Think about that picture. It's an awesome picture. He says bring it in prayer, bring it in supplication And then that idea of supplication means humbly ask God to provide for your needs You may have a financial worry You're gritting your teeth at night Worried about whether you've saved enough for retirement Whether or not you have enough for the next bill on the table Tell the Lord about your anxiety Tell Him about your worry And then humbly ask the Lord to continue to meet all of your needs And let the birds remind you that God cares more for you than He does the birds But the birds aren't fretting Let the lilies of the field remind you that God values you more even than the lilies. He's going to care for all of your needs. He says bring those prayers with an attitude of thanksgiving. This means don't gripe and complain about your situation. Uh, Don't pull up to the Lord while you're telling it to Jesus and begin to gripe about what's going on. God, why in the world did you do this? What's your problem? Why is this happening? This stinks. This stinks. Listen, don't gripe. Although he can handle it. Remember the Israelites in the Old Testament. 40 years they wandered in the wilderness. You know why? Because they complained and griped to the Lord. So what you and I need to do is tell it to Jesus, but tell it with an attitude of thanksgiving. Now, how do we do that? Now, again, you've got to have the same imagery in your mind as I do mine, all right? I'm going to take the blanket of worry that I am experiencing. I'm going to say, Lord, first of all, I want to thank you that you are my daddy. I want to thank you that you care for me. I want to thank you that you unconditionally love me. I want to thank you that you have made a promise To provide for all of my needs. And here I am, Lord. I'm telling you that this blanket of worry is in my life. Here's what's consuming me. Here's what's happening in my life. But here's what I'm asking you to do. I want to ask you to take this blanket from me. I'm giving it over to you. And I'm going to trust you. I'm just telling it to you, Jesus. And I believe, God, that if you gave your son, you're not going to hold out on me on this. You're going to take this blanket no problem. That's an attitude of thanksgiving. It's a difference, isn't it? Instead of coming to the Lord with complaining and bitterness of heart, it's coming to the Lord with an attitude of thanksgiving that He cares for you. Listen, this is how we begin to actually overcome the worry in our life. The first thing that we do is we tell it to Jesus. The second action step, very simple, we trade our worry for God's peace. Now again, look at me, I I want you to see this. Trade your worry for the peace of God. Now watch this, if you've got that blanket in your life, And you're saying, Lord, I need to cast this blanket upon you. I'm giving you this care. Here's what the Lord will do. When you genuinely trade it, you give him your worry, and God will give you his peace. You take this blanket. God's like, you take this one. I want to give you peace in your life. Did y'all see how that works? Look at Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7. The Bible says, and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehension, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Notice that. The peace of God will guard your hearts and your minds. Now, that's pretty important. Where does anxiety and worry really take place? It takes place in your heart. It takes place in your mind. So things that are you're, you're, you're consumed with, things you are thinking about. But when you come to God in prayer and say, Take this, Lord. God gives you His peace. He says, You take this. Now think about His peace for a moment. I raced back to Matthew chapter 8 in my study this past week. If you grew up in church, you've heard the story before, but act like it's the first time. Jesus and his disciples all get into a boat, and they're headed across the sea. But all of a sudden, the storm clouds begin to gather, the lightning began to strike, the rain began to come down extremely hard. The disciples, you could tell, were very much afraid. They were worried about what was going to happen until all of a sudden the waves began to crash. They began to fill up. And they began to hit that boat side to side. They were rocking back and forth. And then water began to consume inside the boat and actually fill up. And they were extremely worried, extremely anxious. And so you can imagine how they frantically tried to get all the water out of the boat. Some of them probably cupped their hands like this and began to throw the water out. Some of them maybe have grabbed a pail and they tried to fill it up with water and dump it over into the sea. Then finally one of them said, where's Jesus? We got all this stuff going on. Where's Jesus? They turned around. They went. They found Jesus in the boat. You know what he was doing? Taking a nap. Are you all down with that? How in the world could the disciples were in this situation, overwhelmed with fear, overwhelmed with anxiety, overwhelmed with worry, and yet Jesus has this peace? What is the difference here? Here's the difference. Don't, don't ever forget Jesus is a prime example of how you and I should live. Jesus has a proper view of his Father in heaven. Y'all listening? That's why he's not worried. That's not why, why he's not standing up, frantic about everything going on in his life, going nuts. And can I just say, does that describe some of you? Frantic about everything in life. You're going nuts. You're like, Thanksgiving is here. Christmas is here. How are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? we got this list. How are we going to check it out? Oh, calm down. Jesus was sleeping. Check this out. When you give him your blanket of worry, he will give you that same blanket of peace that he had in the boat. Y'all don't believe me Peter got it over in the book of Acts you remember Peter Peter was an amazing man right bold for Jesus after the resurrection used by God but so many times got in trouble while he was preaching the faith thrown into prison one day they take Peter check this out all right they take one arm they chain it to a Roman guard they took another arm they chain it to another Roman guard They've got guards all around the prison. It's not a nice prison. All right, he's down in the dungeon. It's where the rats are. It's where the sewage is actually flowing through. And there he is, in a situation in life which is absolutely horrible. And all he's been doing is preaching Jesus. That's all he's in trouble for is telling people about Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, the Bible says that he was just about to be handed over to Herod. Now, why was he going to be handed over? To be executed. And whenever the Bible speaks about being handed over to Herod, look at me, I bought eyeball. He's not talking about many days from now or many years from now. He's talking about minutes or seconds. It is just about to happen to his life. And here we have in Acts chapter 16. What, what would you be doing in a situation like that if that were you? Would you be frantic, going nuts? Can I be honest? I think I would be. But you know what Peter was doing? Sawing logs. Snoring. Sleeping. Where in the world did he get this from? It's because he has a proper view of his heavenly Father. And regardless of the circumstances around him, he is trading any anxiety or worry in for the peace of God. Listen, why would you miss out on that? God wants to give you that. God wants you to experience that. Now, I want to give you the big picture this morning. So I'm just going to give you a couple of columns to look at. And these are actually found uh, in your listening guide as well. But don't you see how this works? Put that first column up for us. Check it out. On the very top left-hand corner, if you are filled with worry, it's evidence you have an improper view of God. Either you're not looking to Him at all, or you are looking at Him and not seeing Him as the unconditional loving Father that He is. And whenever you have this improper view of God, it is... Giving evidence that you lack confidence in the Lord. right, that's the big picture, but let me see the other side of this column. This is not being filled with worry, but being filled with peace. Whenever you have peace in your life, when you're walking in that peace, it's evidence you have a proper view of the Lord. You are focused upon Him, and that is evidence to others that you have confidence in the Lord. Now, Andy Alexander shared his testimony this morning. I don't know if you heard it, but he talked about how people were coming up to him, asking him, what's different about you? What's different about you? You've changed. You know what's different about him? Check this out. He went from being a man filled with anxiety, always wringing his hands, always worried about things, to a man who has learned the art of trading his worry for the peace of God. And now people look at him and say, something's radically different about you. What's going on there? And listen, that has become a testimony of faith now in his life. Listen. If you're going, and I'm going to say this, it's going to, say, it's going to sting a little bit, but I promise it'll help in a little while. Y'all listening? Say yes. Look at me, eyeball to eyeball. Y'all listening? Say yes. Here it is. Listen. If you walk around filled with worry and anxiety in your life, you are giving Jesus a bad name. You get a bad name. Nobody. It, the Gentiles, unbelievers, walk around like that. What makes you any different? The difference is a genuine trust in the Lord gives great peace. Amen? Listen, some of you came in with heavy blankets this morning. All I'm trying to do is say, you ain't got to carry that around. Jesus will take it from you, and he'll give you peace. And when you have full faith in Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God begins to take control of your life, and the Bible says that the Spirit of God bears the fruit of peace in your life. That's what you need. Amen? Amen. Let's bow. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you. For this time. Your head's bowed. Your eyes closed. Nobody's looking around. You're in here this morning. You brought some blankets with you. Can I encourage you right where you are? Just in prayer. Tell it to Jesus. Tell him about the blanket. What's what's suffocating you? What What anxiety do you have? Man, Father, he wants to hear from you. Just tell him even now.